0: I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his Gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The Gab phones? That's Gab. G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet, and most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOMTOMOM at checkout. That's capital letters. M O M T O M O M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOM2MOM. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here.
1: September has arrived and school has begun all around the country. Kids are back in school and whether you homeschool or send your kids to public or private school, You've likely run into some issues in the morning or evening dealing with attitudes and habits that they may have developed over the summer months. Well, How do you get back into the rhythm of the school year without losing your cool and keeping your sanity at the same time? Well, today, September, Jamie and I will discuss this and give you some time-tested solutions and strategies I think will help. Welcome, ladies. Well, I guess the most basic question that most moms will want to know is, How do you get your kids to make a smooth transition into the structure of schedules and routines when they've been used to the more relaxed and fluid summer months?
2: Well, I can tell you what not to do, (laughs) and that is to wait the first day of school and expect the miracle of miracles. And even as a homeschool mama, I learned the hard way, whether those habits are sleep patterns, eating habits, attitudes, or rhythms, we have to remember those things, they just take time. And so we over the years have adopted a slow integration of new habits for a whole month before I know we have a major change coming ahead. Earlier in the summer, wake up times progressively are changing as the month draws us closer to the new school season. So I wake them up a little earlier, uh, a couple weeks before we know school's ready to begin. And till the day when I know school is going to start, and then they're prepared um, with their physical habits. We do more regular bedtime a few weeks before school begins or a new season of our life changes. A lot of parents actually have their kids read a lot more in the summer, but I give my kids a few weeks of break for those who don't enjoy reading, but I get them back into some mental exercises prepping the night before, laying out their clothing, because I think I would be naive to think that the great attitudes are going to come right along with any big change. And so for us, the mindset is a huge projection that I know I will have to work on for them and for me. And so we just work on all of those little areas at least a month in advance and establish some good routines before we're like, let's say we start school or vacation or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think I would call that a soft launch. You know, just like a business has a has a an actual grand opening, oftentimes a week or two before the grand opening, they have a soft launch to just practice things and get the kinks out before the real deal happens. I think kind of what September was alluding to, just walking through those transitional parts of the day, like the morning routine, of either getting the kids out the door if they go to a traditional school or you know getting prepped for the homeschool day. Those are the times that you have to be setting habits. You can't assume that your kids will know or or even remember how to manage their time in the morning when 3 months have passed since they had to do that. You know, don't assume that they're going to remember those routines. When my kids were little I actually put together and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast a pictorial chart of what has to happen every morning so that I don't have to play an enforcer every single morning or nag I can just point to the chart and actually it's the chart that's bossing them around and telling them what to do and I and I drew it out in pictures and I set it in such a way that there were some natural motivators built into this chart to to motivate them to do the hard things in order to experience the benefits of the things they wanted to do so things like you know you get up and you read your bible first and you make your bed and you clean your room. And then you can have breakfast. If a man doesn't work, he, he doesn't eat is what scripture says. So do the hard things first and then have breakfast. And then on top of that, then it was, you know, get dressed and brush your teeth. And our start time was at nine o'clock. And I put that on the chart and, and therefore the kids knew if I can get all of those hard things done before nine o'clock, I'd have extra time to play or do the things that I wanted to do. So that was kind of built in motivation. I don't use that chart anymore, but only because the habit has been set. That's been our routine for the last like 15 years. So now it's sort of just built in and and established. And the kids that came along after my original two or three kind of um, learned the habit through somewhat osmosis, just watching their older siblings do it. But remember, mornings aren't the only time for habit training. All of those transitional times need to be walked through and they need to be practiced again and again, kind of like a fire drill so that on the first day of school or the first day of your new fall commitments, you're not having to you know, scramble and put all those things in place. I think if you're homeschooling, let me just speak to that for just a second. And I realize not all of our listeners homeschool, but I would wager a great majority of them do. If you're homeschooling, I think it's also important to think about soft launching your school day, not just your routines, but your actual school day. So that means you don't necessarily have to, you know, rip the bandaid off and just start the very first day of school at full throttle. For a lot of people, myself included, that's going to feel like a shock of cold water thrown at you when you're still asleep. It's just too much. So start with a soft launch. That could look a lot of different ways. It might mean like for us, I do a first day for each one of my kids. And so I start with my, my youngest child who will be in fourth grade this year. So I'll start and do school just with him on one day. And then the next day I do school with my second youngest on only him. And by the end of that week, I've kind of geared up to some of those more rigid, robust high school subjects. So that by the next week, I can slowly start adding everybody in and feel like I've had a long enough runway to get used to this routine and given them a long runway to get used to it. So that's one way. Some people choose to only do academic things in the mornings for the first couple of weeks of school and then have a looser Um, For your summer-like schedule in the afternoons, some people choose to only do one or two core subjects for a week or two, and then slowly add in an additional subject each day. There's no one right way to soft launch, but I think you'd be doing yourself a great gracious service to just allow yourself a slow and steady launch into the year. Don't feel like you have to rip the band-aid.
1: Great advice, Jamie. I love those morning things that you're doing. And September, do you have any specific routines that you follow at the beginning of the day to help take the edge off of morning chaos? And for both of you, do you have any specific routines for the end of the day that have helped you keep your sanity just to prevent life from getting out of hand?
2: I think I want to begin with the end of the day because it's the end of the day that prepares me for the next day. So honestly, it's what I do the night before. That has always been my golden ticket with a lot of kids, whether it's laying out clothes, um, having a family talk at dinner about what's going on the next day. So everyone's on the same page, having different bags by the door. Sometimes I load my car if we're going to like a field trip or co-op or to the library. So it's usually the things that I do the night before that help me the next morning. I always like to have a breakfast plan and I post it so that the kids know if I can't get up and they're old enough that they can get their own breakfast so that they're not eating a hodgepodge with a zillion different dishes and think that they're going to have like the normal summer fare of um, whatever they want out of the refrigerator. But there's a plan. We have a, 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 you know, a school year Uh, budget, we have a school year, grocery menu, and we're back into more of a traditional style of schedule. So it's really the things I do the night before. And I really work hard. I've worked really diligently with my kids to prepare ahead the night before, which makes the morning so much easier. So it's not just me doing the work. I give them some ownership of it, even down to little ones. You know, we're going to lay out our clothes. This is what we're doing. Make sure you have your bags packed and by the door, make sure that you're ready for what's coming next And so I know a lot of families like myself now, I'm working out of the home two days a week and I take my kids with me. I have to help them think really far ahead. I tell them, you know, we may not be home at dinner. We may not be home for soccer. We may not be home for your ballet things or your piano books. Think ahead, get those things packed ahead. On Monday nights, we do this. On Tuesday nights, we do this. And like Jamie said, we use the picture charts or word charts, but I really try to give them some ownership of it. The morning things that have really helped me with my family are having um, assigned chores and zones so that the bulk of the housework isn't left for me and all of us when we get home at night or at the end of a school day. So we're not staring at it all day long if we're home. So I have delegated, we talk about this in our podcast and we've done it before uh, about zones. I think episode number 37, when we talked about small and big family logistics, we covered that um, zones and another thing that we've really loved in our family a routine that we've talked about on the episodes in the past, I think it was episode 31, was our morning time routine and what is a morning time. And so a lot of what we talk about with rhythms and routines can be picked up in our prior episodes, but one big thing that has really helped me in addition to those things we've already talked about because I'm at home a couple of days a week, I've implemented a quiet time into the middle of our day, which means I do nothing they do nothing. They're reading, but they're not playing. They're resting and I'm resting. And we started with five minutes and we added 10 minutes and the older my kids got, we worked up to an hour. Sometimes they fall asleep because we start school early and sometimes they read, you know, a few chapters in a book and I do what I need to do. So that's a good reset button. But I think a huge routine because Kate, we were talking about things that have helped take the edge off and helped us with our sanity is For me as a mom of many kids, I've learned if I assign days to things like friend play dates or the bulk of our chores, that way I don't feel like I have to fit in all those things that seem extracurricular or needed every day. So I don't have to do all the big chores you know, clean the bathrooms, deep clean. I'm gonna to have to do it every day, every day. I know on Saturdays we're gonna do the deep clean. So, in my mind, it's a check off the list on Mondays through Fridays. My kids, you know, if they ask every day, can we have a friend over? Can we have a friend over? I just say, no, our friend day is, and whatever day that is, it doesn't mean they don't hang out or talk, but we're not gonna have a friend over every day. And it takes the guilt and the pressure. And for me, it helps me assign sanity to the moments when I feel like my kids want more than what we can fit into our schedule. It probably removes a lot
0: of mental clutter to September, especially like I think of that when my kids want to play with friends. To me, that would be like freedom to say, yes, you can play with your friend on Monday, which is our play date day. To me, that removes one whole decision off of my mind. That's brilliant. I do have a question for you, September. So you said you're passing the responsibility on to your kids as far as like, we might not be home this afternoon for you to grab your piano books or your soccer gear. So be prepared in advance, pack all those things. Now, what do you do when you get to soccer and they don't have what they need?
2: That's happened a couple of times and we just skipped it. They had to sit on the sidelines if their siblings were playing and they didn't, that happened with ballet. But let me tell you, that only happens once hmm. So that happened at ballet once. And, you know, I was upset. I was actually frustrated, but my child was very sad. And that's all it took because they realized, you know, they're old enough. I wasn't, if they, you know, five, six, seven, I don't think that I would have been so firm on it. But, you know, when my kids get to be about 11, 10, 11, and they're not packing their things and thinking through, but I do have to say, I have learned that although that's a great expectation. I do get in the car and I say, everyone do a bag check. I say that every time we get in the car now, everyone do a bag check and they pull out both of their ballet shoes and they hold them up in the air and they wave them at me so they can, so they themselves. And sometimes they're like, I thought I packed both ballet shoes. Where's the other one? Oh, it fell out coming down the stairs. You know, there's always that chance. So everyone do a bag check and I'll say, you know, Ava, do you have your soccer? Do you have your ballet? Do you have your cleats? Do you have your soccer socks? Do you have your shin guards? yes, mom. I'm like, look again. And usually we have a long driveway. So this happens while I'm driving out the driveway, but um, I call it a bag check. Everyone does a bag check and it's really helpful.
0: Yeah. That's a great idea because I'm just sitting here thinking about last week when we were going to the library and I handed out library cards, but somebody had to go to the bathroom at the last minute. So they laid their library card down to go to the bathroom and we walked out the door without that library card. So that bag check is great. I mostly want moms to hear what September said and, and correct me if I'm wrong, September. What I hear you saying is you don't have to take on the guilt when you say, oh, I'm sorry, you forgot your soccer cleats or you forgot your ballet slippers. So there's no ballet today. And that puts the responsibility on the correct shoulders and doesn't require you to feel bad about it. And it doesn't require you to have to run back home. And grab forgotten ballet slippers. It's really teaching them some responsibility, and there's no guilt that you
2: have to carry in that. You're actually doing them a service. And we have to we have to teach them how to do that. I mean, that's what I mean by that's my nighttime routine. When they're getting ready for bed, did you pack your ballet shoes? Did you get your bags ready or by they by the door? I don't mind giving verbal reminders the night before, because I have time. But it's in the mornings when we're rushed or something, or we're leaving to go to the house in the afternoon to go somewhere. I don't have the Mental capacity to remember all of those things. So it's in the nighttime when we're all winding down and resetting for the next day. I feel like nighttime is often missed. We all just kind of think we're exhausted, just go to bed. But for me, I've just learned that time is so valuable for all of us. So, you know, I've taught my kids to have bags for different occasions. You know, if they're going to the library, get your library bag. If you're going to ballet, get your ballet bag. It's not this backpack full of hodgepodge of things that they have to dig to the bottom through all kinds of stuff, books and pencils to find the soccer cleat. It's a bag. So you can just open it and see, and they have a little spot on their shelf in their room. And we have hooks in the entryway for those bags. So it really just streamlines the whole process. It goes
0: back to the famous quote, and I don't even know who to give credit to, but you know, a, a successful day starts the night before. Right. And I think that's what you're saying. Um, To answer your question, Kate, I just want to add one thing. I I completely agree with everything that September said, and and we have instituted similar practices here at home. But I also wanted to add, wage a one-woman war on Sabbath rest. I think that is an excellent habit to start. And I think we could do a whole podcast episode on this, but don't let the enemy convince you that you are too busy to rest. And when I mean rest, I don't just mean inactivity because real rest or Sabbath type rest involves worship too. Mm -hmm. So if you look to scriptural examples of Sabbath rest, you'll see that it really does take some intentionality. And I don't say that to add one more thing to the pile, to the lengthy to-do list, but resting isn't just what we do when we've been spinning so fast that we fall and are forced to pause. Resting and collapsing are two totally different things. Hopefully we can get to that um, idea of rest and Sabbath in an episode to come. But I think when we're talking about beginning of the day, end of the day, we can also lump in, you know, habits for the entire week. And I think when we're not intentional as really busy moms, especially as fall season and fall commitments start to ramp up, if we're not intentional to have, built in Sabbath rest. I think it says a lot about us. It shows maybe a lack of trust in God to be able to complete the good work that he started in us, that we feel like the need to take that ownership and do it ourselves. And we're we're definitely showing where our priorities lie. So that's my advice is just really wage that one woman war on Sabbath
1: rest. Mm, that is such good advice, Jamie. We really do need to rest. Oh, I love that.
2: It's that time of year again when school begins, summer activities slow down, and we begin spending more time inside and learning together.
1: If your daily
2: routine involves taking care of a little one or two, why not switch things up with a Panda Crate box from KiwiCo. Panda Crate is a subscription box filled with a playful, open-ended activities backed by research and designed especially for naturally curious and creative babies and toddlers. As a grandma to nine and a mom to 10, we've been using Kiwi Crate for years. The Explore With Me Crate included a bead maze that is the most perfect size for my granddaughters to play with, and even small enough for them to carry around as they begin walking. Designed just for infants and toddlers, Panda Crate is grounded in the study of early childhood development in a way that's made helpful, practical, and convenient for parents. Build a foundation for early learning with Panda Crate from KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month, plus free shipping at kiwico.com slash mom to mom. That's half off your first month at KiwiCo.com slash mom to mom.
1: Well, ladies, how do you get your children to take on the responsibilities and duties of school and home? How do you make that happen? And, And how do you get the family to shift into the mindset of the fall season and wrap their minds around the idea that school is starting up again and it's time to knuckle down and get back to work?
2: Well, we always have a family meeting. We've talked about that on the podcast, too. And Mm -hmm. my husband, we are a team, we work as a team. So that's a huge thing. We tell our family, we are a team. This isn't mom is here to fix your life, make your life cater to your life or a team. And that that goes over really well, it kind of gives them a piece to the puzzle. I like to set up clear and realistic expectations for the kids and myself. I know a lot of times when we have a new rhythm or routine um, with anything, whether it's a workout program, a food, you know, plan, menu planning, whatever it is, not just school. We, we start off gung ho, you know, and then we realize, wow, life, life happens. And so I try to set really clear and realistic expectations for the kids and for myself when it comes to our schedule and new routines and things like that you know, just to be clear, you know, I've been parenting 20, almost 30 years, and it looks different in every season. So when you hear me share here, it's, you know, now I'm my youngest is 10. But when I had a lot of little kids, I was I was doing more of the teaching to get my kids ready to knuckle down and do the work. But now it's expected. So when I say expectations, you're going to have to do some of the work um, early on. I do want to add to this episode because now I'm, you know, I'm working outside the home two days a week and I did this when my kids were home before I was even a working mom. I think it's so important, especially if you homeschool or have little kids and you're not working outside the home for you to pick one or two days a week where you're going to treat that as if your kids have to do something outside of their normal routine because kids that are used to, Um, rising a little later, not preparing ahead, not used to the pressure, not feeling a little ownership in the leaving the house, being on time, all those things. That's a habit too. I want us as parents, I think on this podcast to look at our kids and think, well, they have good habits. My kids have good habits, but maybe some of the habits are just good because of the environment they're in. What if they had to pivot? What if they had to be spontaneous? What if they had to live with some change? What if they had to be around people they're uncomfortable? You know, all of those things. So I think it's important for us to train our kids to be spontaneous, to be prepared ahead, even when they don't need to be. That's great, September. I love that.
1: Well, now what about the mom who works? Like September, you said you work two days a week. And when I say works, now that can mean a job inside or outside of the home. I know that lots of moms have a home business that can take up quite a bit of their day. So, what can they do to prepare and help make the day go more smoothly as they get themselves and their kids ready for school? And also, what can they do to get things set up for the end of the day so life is less chaotic?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the between the three of us, among the three of us, we all work in some capacity and have even when you're. Um, daughter, Kate was in school. You've mentioned many times on the podcast that you had a cottage industry or a side hustle going. Mm -hmm. So we all work in some capacity. I don't want to speak on behalf of work outside the home moms, because currently that's not the season that I'm in. And I feel like that would be disingenuous, but I feel like I can add a couple of thoughts for the mom who does work from home or who, even if you don't work from home, if you have some outside of the home commitments, like you're taking care of an aging parent, or you um, have a lot of volunteer commitments at, you know, extracurriculars, you volunteer at a co-op or you volunteer at church, all of these extra things that get added to just the normal home and school routine of running a homeschool. So my first piece of advice is to just understand and recognize and accept the fact that it's going to be hard and that it's not going to be the same experience at all to your friend who homeschools down the street, but doesn't work outside the home or even, you know, work from home. It's not going to be the same. So you can't look to your friend and think, well, why can't my life be as smooth and easy as hers? I think just acknowledging that goes a long way, and it allows you to give yourself a lot of grace in just recognizing that it's going to be hard. It's not an easy thing to juggle home, school, and work. The second thing is to just create a block schedule. And we've talked about this particularly on the podcast. You can go back and listen to the episode where we talk about planning and productivity just the short cliff notes of that, what I mean by block scheduling, you block out chunks of work time in the day, and then you place short homeschool learning blocks around those. So you prioritize your work time and say, you know, this, this is the time that I'm going to work. And you fit homeschooling around that. That also requires me as a work at home mom to say to my kids, my schedule is kind of the primary schedule that is going to be at the center of this big working wheel, I'm the center cog and you have to fit your school around that. So when I say, okay, I need to do grammar with child A and child B right now, that means you might have to drop, you know, science that you're currently working on and come to me to work on grammar because this is the time that I can do it. So you kind of as a as a homeschool working mom, work outside the home mom, you have to prioritize your schedule and make sure that all of the other schedules fit around that. Schedule more independent work for them while you're working. So, things like reading a chapter book or watching a documentary, working on a project, handwriting practice, practicing flashcards, or maybe playing a board game with a sibling. All of those independent things should be done when you are working and cannot do individualized education and instruction with them i know september you do your binders a lot too and you can talk about that but having a binder that they can you know sift through all by themselves and work on independently while you're working remember too that schooling can happen at any time of the day or night so squeeze it in where it fits even if that means you know sometimes it has to fit in at bedtime or on the weekends You don't have to follow the marching orders of the brick and mortar school down the street. School doesn't necessarily have to happen between nine and three every day. It can fit wherever it can fit and don't try to teach it all. Don't feel like you need to don't have any guilt or remorse about having to outsource a few things. I have outsourced many things over the years because I haven't had the time or maybe the aptitude or maybe even just the desire to teach certain things. So I seek out online programs or maybe a neighbor who's more gifted in a certain subject than I am or my spouse or even an older sibling who has a real skill in something. And I don't have to take on any guilt in that because homeschooling means I get to decide how something is taught and when it's taught and by whom it's taught. Doesn't mean that I have to do all the teaching. I think prepping snacks is a good idea. You know, start the day with water bottles already filled up snacks set out on the counter so that when you are working, you don't have to take a pause and shift to a different mindset and have to prepare a bunch of snacks. If you have them prepared before the workday starts, your kids, hopefully if they're old enough, can access those and grab them. And if they're really young, you know, you can take just two seconds to go grab those snacks and pass them out. It doesn't require a whole 30 minute shift in your day. And lastly, we have talked about this, um, at length, specifically in episode 12, but definitely get a handle on that meal prep. If you can prepare meals as a working mom, work at home mom, homeschooling mom, I would say 25% of my day somehow cycles around meals, preparing food, buying food, planning for food. And so if I can get that portion, that 25% portion of my day on a real good clip, and get some good habits established there, it makes the 75% of the rest of the day go so much smoother. So definitely check out episode 12, where we talk about our meal planning hacks, namely fix it once and eat it twice. So anytime you make a meal, make two, eat one that night and freeze it, freeze the second one for another night in the week. And then you're giving yourself basically like a night out to eat somewhere else. You're eating a meal that your past self has prepared.
1: Well, you know, it is so important to have a strategy for your family to have routines in place. Your children can count on kids need structure and they need routine. And it's important to have those routines in place that they can depend on. It helps them and it keeps you calm and makes your life easier. And it helps your household run much more smoothly and it keeps you sane, which is a good thing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to be starting season four of the mom to mom podcast, and we're thrilled that you are listening and following. You know, feel free to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, because that's how we grow and that's how podcasts grow. And we would love it if you told your friends about us and if you shared the love. We're also on Instagram and you can follow us there and on Facebook. And we even have our own place on Amazon where we recommend some of our favorite things that we use and love. And we'll leave some links in the show notes. See you next time.